Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. And our pal, Dr. Kevin Most, come home for Christmas. medical director, Please Central DuPage Hospital, chief medical officer, and uh, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Dean. How do you like this? 37 degrees and rainy day. Yeah, you know what? You don't have to shovel 37 degrees or rainy. So That's right. That's right. I'm you not, don't shovel rain. <laughs> I'm not complaining about either one right now. Uh, so I'm just back from London last week where I was doing some interviews. And uh, what I found very interesting is even though we're, you know, it's that time of year, people are traveling, uh, holidays are upon us. I barely saw anyone wearing a mask. I mean, people obviously are feeling very, very comfortable in places where, you know, a, a year ago, two years ago, certainly, uh, you wouldn't think about going on a plane or being in a crowded airport or in a crowded store or something, uh, holiday parties without, uh, you know, some kind of protection. What's your take on you know, it? It's, uh, yeah, it's a little disappointing, too, especially when you look at Thanksgiving, you know, just what, the week ago. Uh, here we have one of the busiest travel days ever at that at the Thanksgiving holiday, and our influenza numbers were up. And if you look now, COVID numbers are up and increasing pretty dramatically here over the past you know, week to 10 days. So we're going to see what happened over this Thanksgiving bump, and unfortunately it's going to come right around the time of Christmas. So we're seeing RSV cases up. We're seeing mycoplasm cases up. We're seeing uh, certainly seeing COVID cases up in the state of Illinois. Yeah, that's all, all the more reason. I mean, you, you should have done it uh, a while back, but uh, get that latest uh, COVID shot, get your flu shot. Uh, and I'm wondering about something now, too, this RS, RSV uh, vaccination. Is that right, RSV? Yes. So that's, that's, RSV is respiratory syncytial virus. It's yeah. a very, very common virus that kids get all the time. Um, unfortunately, very young children, the newborn is where our biggest biggest exposure is because it can be devastating towards their health. Those are the kids that are filling up the pediatric intensive care units across the state right now are mainly the RSV uh, cases. Well, here's why I'm extra concerned about this, because I'm reading stories about some mystery respiratory illnesses coming out of China, uh, respiratory illnesses that include pneumonia, uh, that we really don't know that much about. And, you know, you hear about mystery illnesses in China. Uh, it, it takes you back to the beginnings of COVID-19. Uh, what do we know about this? What can we do to protect ourselves? Give, give us the latest on all this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we try to have healthcare transparency around the world. That's what allowed us to track COVID as well as we could where we knew where the new variants were coming because everyone was sharing information about the healthcare and the infection problems in their country. China is the exact opposite. They're trying to keep everything close to their vest, and whether that's because of political reasons, I'm not really sure. But there has been a huge spike in respiratory illnesses in China in children that is really kind of, kind of getting us, at least getting our attention. World Health Organization has gone in. And they're still trying to identify it. looks like it's a lot of cases of COVID and RSV, uh, a lot of mycoplasm. But really, one of the things we're really concerned about is they really haven't identified specifically some of these uh, pathogens. 
that are causing this outbreak in China. So we really want to know what's going on. The World Health Organization has been as reassuring as they can, saying these are normal, common pathogens. And what they're seeing is exactly what we saw last year, because in China, their lockdown and their control of exposure extended well beyond ours. So this could be just something as simple as they're getting the triple-demic in kids that we saw last year because they were locked down. We'd like more transparency as they tell us what you're seeing, Bill. Yeah, if it's merely that, just just say it, right? Uh, Absolutely. You know, as you said, we don't know the reasons behind their secrecy on this, but uh, if if it's if it's nothing, you know, or or not, I shouldn't say nothing, but if it's just rather common, just say that this is what it is, blah blah blah, and uh, you know, so so the rest of the world can. Uh, literally breathe a little more easily with that. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, the world is getting smaller here. You know, years ago, a trip to London was something big. Now you, you go to London for the weekend to go do interviews and come back. You know, I mean, the world is getting much smaller. Yeah. So we really do have to be aware of infectious diseases across the entire world. Yeah, I was really surprised uh, at uh, I, I was one of the few that wore a mask on the plane and in the airport in any place where it felt crowded to me. Uh, I had uh, my mask on and I was the odd man out wearing it because, you know, everybody else is uh just proceeding as though it's a business as usual. So um, let's hope, uh, you know, it can be an uneventful holiday season uh, disease-wise. Uh, what about the state of uh, vaccinations and all that? Is is that going up? It was rather stagnant the last time that we talked. And it, it continues to be stagnant, which is so frustrating. Uh, influenza vaccine, I think, is doing okay. But when you look at COVID vaccine and the COVID booster, that number is not budging at all, mm. which is very unfortunate. But uh, you know, we're starting to see more and more influenza cases, so at least individuals getting um, vaccinated for that. I think it's the trust factor as well as the confusion of, do I really need the COVID uh, booster? I had COVID X at this time. At what time do I need it? And that's very legitimate. And with the number of public cases or uh, cases going on in the public right now, that's just going to extend that because people are going to say, wait, I had COVID. I tested positive. Therefore, now I don't need the vaccine for the next three months because I have the natural immunity, which is absolutely true. So we're trying to chase those individuals who haven't been sick and haven't had the booster to get their immunity up. Now, in terms of uh, getting the vaccinations, you're recommending COVID, you're recommending the flu shot, uh, RSV for everyone. Are you recommending that? I'm not recommending RSV for everyone. You know, certainly the RSV, what we look at is three main populations that we're concerned about. One is obviously the newborn. And we have a, a new shot for them. It's actually not a vaccine because their immune system for that first 12 months of life is very poor, still trying to uh, mature as, as they age. But what we do for newborns is we can give them actually antibodies to fight off RSV. Then the other one is actually the mother. You know, the mother in the late stage of pregnancy, when we give her a vaccine for RSV, what actually happens is she... Um, pushes that those antibodies to the newborn baby. So they get protection there because that's the population we're concerned about. And then the last is individuals over the age of 65 or 70 with any underlying disease or if they're going to be around any newborns, I certainly would have the discussion 
with your physician regarding the RSV vaccine. For people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, you guys are exposed to RSV pretty much probably every, at least once or twice a week. Uh, and certainly we can handle that for the most part. But it's the young child, that newborn infant, and those over the age of 65 that we're the most concerned about. I know that you had said that it's okay to get your flu shot and COVID shot at the same time. Uh, does that also apply to RSV? I can't remember if you said. I mean, can you go in and get all three at one time? How, how do you recommend yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't recommend the triple whammy. You know, the double whammy can be hard enough. And you probably have seen there's been a bunch of studies out saying how much the side effects will be increased a little bit when you get them both at the same time. Um, I think from a compliance point of view, and certainly we know that the immune response is great with the two at the same time. There haven't been a lot of studies on the three because the number of people that are needing those three is so low. So I'm a big proponent on flu and COVID at the same time, and then really have that discussion with your physician about the need for RSV and when you should get it. And again, those over the age of 65, make sure when you're getting the influenza shot that you're asking for that high dose because your immune system is not as good as people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and you need that little extra boost to make sure that you get that. That's the population we're trying to keep out of the hospital yep. with influenza yep. seniors. So yep. good idea there. Good, good stuff. Uh, calls and texts already coming in for Dr. Kevin Most. 312-981-7200. We'll get to the phones. We'll get to the texts. Request. 949 Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. And your questions for the good doctor, 312-981-7200, either on the phone or on the text. And on the phone is Jim. Good morning. You're on WGN. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Doc. It was nice seeing both of you out out at uh, tree time. Question for Doc here. Um, Of the patients that we're seeing that are testing positive, whether they're symptomatic or asymptomatic, this is COVID we're talking about right now, what percentage of these people are, are, are vaccinated? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to give me a very low number so that I can sell that pack to our patients and say, hey, we'll prevent you from being positive as well. Yeah, Jim, and you know, the ones that we get the most concerned about, obviously, are those who are hospitalized. So what's going on in the public, we really don't have a great idea because now you can do the COVID testing at home. It's not reportable. So the CDC is not tracking this. They're tracking it by using wastewater and that. But I can tell you historically in the hospital, what we're seeing right now is a lot of individuals who were not vaccinated initially. But now we are seeing more of the secondary cases. In other words, they had the original vaccine, which was based on the original COVID virus but never have gotten the booster since then, which is based on what we're seeing in the public. So it's a really good question when you talk about who are we seeing right now as being the sickest. It's those individuals who are never vaccinated or those who haven't gotten that booster uh, and now are being exposed to the new variant. Did I hear you say that the CDC is testing in wastewater? (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. That's how we're testing for COVID right now. What does that mean? Population. What do you mean? Uh, in it's wastewater. an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, wastewater, you know, water from our toilets goes to a central depository where the water is cleared. 
and we are testing the wastewater there for COVID to test to see if COVID is in the population right now because we're not tracking the screening in the hospitals wow. and we're not treating, you know, you know, we don't have any information on those who have tested at home, but we know that COVID is found in wastewater and that will tell us and actually can tell us when it's going up in a community as to the rate of being found in wastewater. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, enjoy your breakfast, everyone. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> thanks for the call. That's kind of disgusting. But Kathy, you're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning, doctor. Um, I'm so excited to be on there because I have a concern. I've had all four boosters. Believe it or not, I've had COVID four times just most recently. I'm still like in the 12th day of it. But what my concern is having heavy perspiration at night um, without a fever and don't know how long that would continue or is that normal? Um I just haven't heard very many people talking about heavy night sweats. Are you saying, is that a side effect of it? Is that basically? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Kev, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, Kathy. So often when we have night sweats, two things. One can be hormonal, so I'm not sure where you stand in that in that age range there. No offense uh, put out there. Beyond that. Two, okay. Okay. Two Perspiration is a way for us to cool down. So often we will have a fever and not even know it and then have the sweats. So often during the day when we're walking around, just enough air moving around us will keep the, the fever at least manageable. But sometimes when we, when we get in bed, have covers on, and you get a fever, now the body will have some perspiration. Day 12, though, you should really be getting rid of that. That should be kind of gone. So I would say if it continues that at least getting into the doctor to have blood tests to see where your white blood cell count is to make sure that you don't have some other underlying infection there. And again, someone, and I want to make sure everyone heard the message from you, right? You know, you've had all your boosters and you still have gotten this infection. That is very common. We have to understand that the booster is trying to prevent us from getting severe illness requiring hospitalization. We still get it, just like with influenza. We can still get influenza after having the shot. But hopefully the duration and the severity of the illness while you have it is much lower. So I hope you get better over the next 12 days. Nothing special about the perspiration besides that the body's trying to cool itself when it feels it has a temperature above what it needs. Yeah, so that's good news there, Kathy, right? Yes, thank you for all that information. It was wonderful. Have a happy holiday, both of you. Happy holidays to you. Thank you for the call. Typically how long somebody gets vaccinated, though, typically how long will side effects last if they even occur in the first place? Yeah, you know, most people with side effects, it's going to be 24 to 48 hours. I tell people, I'll tell you, I would rather have two days of a little muscle ache and a little low-grade fever than I would 10, 12, 14 like Kathy. She's at day 12 right now of her fourth infection and still having issues. So certainly I would take a day or two of discomfort over that. And I'll tell you, that's the same for influenza. It's the same for COVID. It's the same for shingles. Take the you know, the side effects for a day or two, knowing that you're going to have prevention from really the bad outcomes that those diseases have. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting. Um, maybe the number one uh, misnomer that I hear from people about COVID is I took the vaccination, but I still got COVID. It's, it's not something that's going to prevent you from getting it. It's just going to lessen symptoms so you don't wind up in the hospital. That's what these boosters and vaccinations are about. Am I correct? 
Absolutely. And we have to remember, COVID, you know, we have very, we have new variants now. So the vaccine is not 100% protective like it is with measles or mumps or rubella, where we know we're going to protect you from that. This is a virus that's going to continue to change. And that's why even with influenza, if you think about it, each year we're getting our influenza shot. It has four different strains in that shot. Why? Because the influenza virus changes every year. We're seeing that with COVID as well. So we're going to, like you said, you'll have lower symptoms, less severity, and really hopefully a shorter duration. 815 area code texts in. I had COVID late October, a light case. I wanted to get the latest booster. How long do I have to wait? Well, you know, you don't have to wait anything. You can get it if you like, but you do have great natural immunity right now. I mean, if you had it in late October, you're talking you're only a month, a little bit over a month and a half, or a little bit under a month and a half from the from the infection. So your natural immunity, as long as you were somewhat healthy and not immunocompromised, would be very good at least for the next month and a half. But if you say, hey, you know what, I want to make sure that I have better protection, go ahead and get the vaccine. You might be an individual who's going to have a little bit more side effects because your immune system is already cranked up for it. And now you're going to try to crank it up again. But certainly natural immunity is great. And it's much more specific to the strain than the, than the vaccine is because they're off a little bit. You've actually been exposed to what we're actually seeing in the public the vaccine is about as close as we can get based on the information we had when we made the vaccine. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always good to talk to you, pal, and uh, we'll chat soon. Have a great week. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Thanks. And news from the Northwestern Medical Newsroom is next.